0: This podcast is from Christian Chapel in Tulsa, Oklahoma. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com. Amen. Good morning, Christian Chapel. It's exciting to be here. Thank you so much for coming in this cold morning. You are the faithful remnant. But I also would like to greet those that are watching online. I believe... Jesus will touch you and speak to you wherever you are. My name is Rubens Cunha. I am a missionary evangelist from Brazil. And I lead... Hallelujah. We have some Brazilians here today. And I lead an organization, a ministry, that does massive crusades around the world. Not only that, we have a team of evangelists that is reaching out to people in villages, in remote areas, in schools. And we had... An extraordinary harvest of souls last year. So I want to give you a little report so we can rejoice together in what the Lord is doing. Last year, we had 253,005 decisions for Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. That's wonderful. Over a quarter million people expressed their decision to follow Jesus in one of our outreaches We also shared 84,600 meals with families facing hunger. We shared those meals in the context of our crusades, but also through a program we have to to help people break out of the poverty cycle through discipleship. Together with our team, we had 55 gospel campaigns last year. This means I traveled a lot. Maybe you didn't uh, see me a lot here. I was... uh, Uh, I spent 50% of my time traveling in 2023, 35 international trips. But these are the campaigns I preached at and also the campaigns our team held. We were able to reach over 27,000 students in public schools, teenagers, children, and share the love of Christ with them. We had over 17,000 believers trained in our pre-Crusade seminars, where we trained them to share the gospel in their communities. We gave away over 46,000 books, follow-up books, to new believers. These books have the gospel of Mark and also principles of faith for those starting to follow Christ. We teach them how to pray, how to read the Bible, how to find the church, the importance of being baptized, and and principles like that to help them grow strong in their faith in Christ. And we reached over 9,000 children in our kids' crusades. In every crusade we do, we have a special meeting to reach small kids and their families. So, last year was a year of wonderful harvest. And I am one of the missionaries supported by uh, the Kingdom Builders Initiative. So, I want to thank you. Thank you for supporting missions in this church. And these are also your fruits in the Lord. So, hallelujah, let's give uh, the Lord a hand of applause for all they have done. I also want to show you a 3 minutes video with highlights from our last campaign in Brazil that took place in November. After that I had a campaign in Ethiopia, but I want to show you this video because we had a team from Christian Chapel joining us. And by the way, if you'd like to join us, we want to take another team from Christian Chapel this year. You can find more information later talking to me, my wife or Pastor Chris Godfrey. And I have a message in my heart today. The title of this message is To See Jesus. It's based on Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 32. It's the story of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. The text is a little bit long, but it's totally worth it. Let's read it together. Now, the same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer all these things and then enter His glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, He explained to them what was said in the Scriptures concerning Himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened And they recognized Him. And He disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while He talked with us on the road and opened the Scriptures to us? Father, I pray that this morning You speak to each one of us here. There are so many different challenges here, Lord, that we are going through. But I ask that you speak to everyone here and everyone watching online. In the name of Jesus, amen. This is the story of two disciples, Cleopas and his friend. They were not part of the twelve, but they were part of the core group that followed Jesus. Like most Jews in the first century, they had a messianic expectation. They hoped that God was going to send a king, a warrior king, someone to lead the people in battle and defeat all the oppression from the Romans, to set the nation free and restore Israel to its rightful place among the nations. So Cleopas and his friend started following Jesus. They listened to his amazing preaching. They marveled at his wisdom. They were first-hand witnesses of the miracles Jesus performed. They saw when He opened blind eyes and made the lame walk, when he cast out demons, and at some point, they were convinced Jesus is the one. He is the one that will bring about God's kingdom. And deliver Israel once and for all. Their hearts were filled with expectation. And one day Jesus came to the disciples and said, The time has come. Let's march to Jerusalem. I need to fulfill the mission my father gave me. And I can imagine expectation building up in their hearts. And when they arrived... In Jerusalem, they were welcomed with wild enthusiasm and praise. The people welcomed Jesus as their king. They spread their cloaks on the road for Jesus to pass. They waved palm branches and shouted, Hosanna, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The disciples were ecstatic. It was happening. The atmosphere was electric. Revolution was in the air. The kingdom of God was finally coming. But unfortunately, Cleopas and his friend misunderstood the kingdom of God. And sadly, wrong expectations will always pave the way to frustration wrong expectations will always pave the way to frustration you see a few days after jesus triumphant entry in jerusalem he was betrayed by one of his closest supporters he was arrested in the middle of the night while he was praying and he offered no resistance His enemies set up an unjust trial. And even though Jesus was innocent, he was cruelly, brutally beaten, tortured, and sentenced to death. Cleopas and his friend had to watch on the day that became known as Passion Friday, as Jesus was forced to carry his cross His body bruised, his face swollen, his back torn by the Roman whip. And they were shocked. What happened? Wasn't this man supposed to be the king of Israel? The one who was going to set us free? They didn't understand that Jesus was indeed the king of kings. But he was also the suffering servant described by prophet Isaiah, the man who was familiar with pain, from whom all people hid their faces, the one who was pierced by our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities, the one who received the punishment so we could have peace. No, no, they didn't understand it. Cleopas and his friend did not understand why instead of a crown of gold, Jesus received a crown of thorns. Instead of a throne, they stripped him naked and hanged him on a cross between two thieves. That was just too much. But I can imagine that they look astounded and they thought maybe something is going to happen. Maybe God will tear heavens open and come down and rescue Him in the last minute. After all, He claimed to be the Son of God. After all, He walked on water. He even raised the dead. But unfortunately, The skies became dark and they just heard Jesus crying out, God, oh God, why have you forsaken me? And in shock, they watched Jesus die. The Savior wasn't saved. The Deliverer wasn't delivered. They were in shock, they were hurt, they were confused, they were disappointed. Their dream became a nightmare. Their hopes were shattered. Jerusalem became the place where they experienced their greatest hopes, but also their deepest despair. And after that Friday, the Passion Friday of disappointment, And a Saturday of grief and silence. When Sunday came around, they decided to give up. It was just too much for them. Too much sorrow, too much grief. They decided to give up and walk away from it all. To leave the community of believers, to leave Jerusalem, the place of purpose and meaning and go to Emmaus, to go in the wrong direction, a place where God never told them to go. Now, the timing of their departure was a bit peculiar. Because something amazing had just happened that Sunday morning. Oh, I wish they would have Sticked around a little bit longer. And I wonder how sometimes we lose because we don't wait long enough, we don't push, we don't persevere long enough. That morning, the Bible says some of the women that followed Jesus went to the grave. And when they arrived there, something supernatural happened. An angel came from heaven, his appearance was like lightning, he rolled away the stone in front, that was in front of the grave and he said, Jesus is not here, he is risen. There was Resurrection Sunday, a day of celebration. Jesus defeated death and hell. He broke the power of sin. And friends, resurrection joy can illuminate our darkest Fridays of despair. But Cleopas and his friend, they didn't believe it. You see, the women that saw the empty grave, eyewitnesses of the empty grave that had an angelic visitation, they told everyone what happened. By the way, they were the first evangelists. But Cleopas and his friend were so hurt that they couldn't believe it. And now this is something interesting because they saw the signs and wonders Jesus performed before. But that wasn't enough for them to understand who Jesus was. They heard the evangelistic testimony from the women and that wasn't enough. They still decided to leave Jerusalem behind that place of purpose and promise where the Holy Spirit was about to be poured and go their own way in the wrong direction. Friends, it's difficult to enjoy Resurrection Sunday if our hearts are still chained to the disappointments of Passion Friday. And sometimes we are all tempted to do the same. Have you ever felt like you're going through your own Emmaus moment? I know I have. Maybe you felt like that because of the loss of a job or a person you loved. Maybe you felt like that because of a health crisis or because you were disappointed with the church. Maybe you felt like that because you entrusted someone or a friend with your love and they let you down. We all go through moments when all hope seems lost. The Fridays of disappointment, the Saturdays of grief, the moments between the cross and resurrection. When we thought God would, but He didn't. When we expected the miracle, but it didn't happen. When we trusted people... And we were disappointed when our hearts are broken. But you see, this, this story, what happened here is a stark reminder that we can only experience the joy of Resurrection Sunday if we are willing to let go of our Friday disappointments. Now, I'm not talking about forgetting the Fridays of disappointments. There wouldn't be Resurrection Sunday if there wasn't any Passion Friday. But I'm, I believe God is speaking to somebody here today. Maybe you are here in this building or you're watching online. I believe He's speaking to you and telling you it's time to let go of that pain. It's time to let go of that disappointment. It's time to walk with Jesus again and go back to that Jerusalem of purpose and meaning for your life. You see, they were going in the wrong direction, but the story tells us that a surprised traveler joined them. As... Even they were not doing anything right, they were not praying, they were not singing a worship song, they were going in the wrong direction, but Jesus, the risen Christ, joined them. Wow. What an amazing demonstration of love and compassion and mercy. Just think about this. This was Resurrection Sunday. The most glorious day in history. The most important day in history. Jesus conquered sin and death. He had all authority in heaven and on earth. And right after resurrection, what did he do? He did not set up a big party in heaven to celebrate. He did not fly over Jerusalem with a host of angels to let people know how wrong they were crucifying Him, He didn't do that. He did not enter the temple to challenge the high priest or went to the palaces to rub it in on Herod or Pilate. No! What was Jesus' number one priority right after resurrection? To go after the lost sheep. That shows us His heart of love and mercy. But it's also telling each one of us here. If you ever wander away from God's plan uh, for your life. Grace will chase you down. That's right. Even in our most painful moments. Jesus will never leave or forsake us. And I believe that's the reason some of you are listening to this message today. It's a reminder from God to you that even though you might be facing a challenging time right now, His presence is with you. And there is something else we can learn here. As believers, we are called to be like Christ. This means getting out of our way to reach people where they are. This means reaching out to people who are going in the wrong direction. Who are walking away from the community of believers. Who are walking away from the plan and purposes of God for their lives. Meet them where they are and help them to see Jesus in us and through us. Representing Jesus to others also means meeting them in their Emmaus moments. Now... There's something strange that happened here in this encounter. Jesus joined them, but they did not recognize Jesus. Did you realize it? They had followed Jesus probably for a few years, but they did not recognize him. Their disappointment prevented them from recognizing the presence of God in their lives. And I wonder If this could be happening with some of us today, would it be possible that our frustration is holding us back from seeing God's presence and work in our lives? But the good news is that it did not stop Jesus. Jesus engaged with them and He asked them, what are you guys talking about? He saw them with their faces downcast and their hearts were heavy. And he asked, What are you talking about? And Cleopas seemed to be the most sharp-tongued in the, in the team there. He promptly responded, sort of scolding Jesus. What are you talking about? <laughs> are you the only one that doesn't understand what's going on in Jerusalem? Sometimes sadly we allow pride to be mixed with our pain and we pretend we have everything figured out when we desperately need help and if you think about this this question was kind of funny because they're asking jesus don't you know what happened in jerusalem and Actually, he was the only one on earth that knew what was happening. So why did Jesus ask them that question? To give them an opportunity to open their hearts and share their burdens. Now, this is important. Nobody, nobody is healed in silence. You don't need to carry your pain alone. We have the extraordinary, the amazing privilege of of bringing the burdens of our hearts before God in prayer, but also share them with the people that love and care about us. And when we open our hearts to share our burdens, we open the door for healing. That's what Jesus did. He gave them an opportunity to share, and they talked about about what they were going on. They shared their misunderstandings and misconceptions, and then Jesus started to instruct and correct them using the Word of God. That's so beautiful. He used the Scripture to help them to confront their misunderstandings. Now they were saying Jesus was a prophet. But He helped them understand that He was truly the Christ, the Messiah. And the Messiah had to go through all that suffering so He could enter His glory. My friends, we all need to be corrected and instructed by the Word of God. So that we are not living in disappointment because of what we thought God should be doing. Instead of surrendering our lives to Him and experiencing His perfect will and purpose as described in His Word. Jesus used the whole New Testament to teach them. It must have been wonderful to hear the altar of the Bible explaining the Bible. Later on, the disciples recognized their hearts were burning within them when they heard Jesus speaking. Have you ever felt your heart burning within you hearing a message? We need that. But shockingly, after this session, this private teaching session, they still could not see Jesus. Now, time out. Let's think about this for a moment. Those guys saw all the miracles that Jesus performed before, and that wasn't enough for them to see Jesus for who He was. They heard the evangelistic testimony from the women. They were eyewitnesses of the empty grave backed by an angelic visitation that wasn't enough. And now they had solid teaching by no one else other than Jesus. And that still wasn't enough. Now, don't misunderstand me. Those things are important. I'm a missionary evangelist. I proclaim miracles and we see miracles. I preach evangelistic messages and I teach and we see hundreds of thousands transformed every year. But for some reason, this was not enough for Cleopas and his friend. So what caused them to finally see Jesus? They finally saw Jesus when at the end of the day they arrived at Emmaus, and invited Jesus to stay with them. And the scripture says this, here, verses 30 and 31. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They only saw Jesus when he broke bread with them. And I believe God is giving us here a powerful message. And that's the heart of my message today. I hope you understand it. I believe God is teaching us, He's telling us here that there is healing at the table with Christ. There is healing in fellowship with Jesus and other believers. There is healing in a community of faith. There is healing in the breaking of bread. And breaking bread has a profound meaning in our faith. It represents our unity in Christ. It also tells us of Christ's willingness to sacrifice Himself so the world could be saved. But it's also an invitation for us to love others sacrificially. You see, on the Last Supper, The Bible says that Jesus took the bread, gave thanks, broke it, and He said, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. That bread represented the body of Christ that was broken and given in selfless sacrifice so we could live. But now, we are the body of Christ. And He continues to bless us and to give us, to send us out, so others may be saved, healed, and set free. When Jesus said we should do this in remembrance of Him, I don't think He was just talking about sharing the elements of Holy Communion in our services, of course, this is important. This is a biblical ordinance. But I believe there is more to it. He was inviting us to a lifestyle of sacrificial love to believe beyond these four walls. And as a matter of fact, I believe we are having Holy Communion every time we break bread with someone with the intention of loving and serving that. Breaking bread for us is is not just about sharing a meal or satisfying our physical hunger. It's the opportunity to set aside our self-interests, our agendas, our goals and our priorities to love people, to serve people. That's what caused Cleopas and his friend to... Finally, see Jesus and run back to Jerusalem, to the place of meaning and purpose, to have the restoration of God's plan for their lives. And friends, that's why we need one another. Just watching messages online or listening to podcasts is not enough. We need togetherness may be like Cleopas and his friend. You are going through pain and disappointment and personal struggles right now. And I believe God is speaking to you, my friend. There is healing for you at the table with Christ. There is healing for you in the fellowship with other believers. And this story is speaking to all of us here because the signs and wonders, the evangelistic testimony, the solid teaching... They weren't enough. They saw Jesus in that moment que moment of sacrificial fellowship and service. So, this makes us think. Maybe you've been trying to reach someone for a while, a family member, a colleague from school or work, and you already shared your testimony. And you think, maybe, oh, if this person would just hear one more message, maybe they would come to Christ. And perhaps that is the case. Maybe what they really need is for you to break bread with them, love on them, help them, serve them, meet them where they are without judgment or condemnation, and help them see Jesus in you and through you. So please think for a moment. Who could you help see Jesus through your love and service? And as I ask this question, I pray God is bringing names and faces to your memory. Maybe people who has been stirring you up to reach out to. Who could you break bread with and show Christ's love? And I will finish my message telling you the stories of two bowls of water in the gospel narratives, leading up to the crucifixion. The first one was used by Jesus in the upper room during the last supper. Jesus took that bowl of water and he washed the disciples' feet. And he said, I'm setting an example for you. What I did for you, you should do for one another. The second bowl of water was used by Pilate. At Jesus' trial, when he saw that Jesus was innocent and he saw his pain and the injustice that was taking place, he decided to wash his hands as if saying, Not my problem, and he sent him to the cross. Friends, every time. We are confronted with the pain and suffering of our world and the people around us. There are only two choices we can make. We can sacrifice love on the altar of convenience. Wash our hands and walk away saying, not my problem. Or we can wash their feet. By loving them sacrificially, not just with our words, but also with our actions. And I pray we will always choose love. Now, we end with an invitation and a prayer. My invitation is: Would you break bread with someone this week? Would you invite someone for coffee, lunch, dinner? Somebody you're not very familiar with. Maybe a friend you haven't seen in a long time. Maybe somebody you don't know very well. But meet with them. Not because it fulfills your goals or satisfies some personal need. Meet with them to love on them, to serve them, to bless them. If you do that, perhaps, perhaps, you will have the extraordinary opportunity to be the presence of Jesus they need right now in their lives. But I also want to pray because I know there are people here going through Emeya's moments. Why don't we stand up for a moment and invite you to just close your eyes. Just think about this message. There are people here today, there are people watching online that are going through frustrations, disappointments, struggles, pain. Maybe you feel lost. Maybe you are walking in the wrong direction. You don't know what to do. And I want to remind you that Jesus is present and he loves you and he's calling you back. To Jerusalem if that's you wherever you are just put your hand in your heart father in the name of Jesus There are broken hearts here this morning there are hearts filled with sorrow and grief people that feel lost that walked away from your purpose and they are going in the wrong direction Oh, Lord, but you love them so much. And I pray you'll help them see that you are present in their lives. I ask you that you heal them this morning and help them see you. Oh, Lord, heal their hearts right now and bring them back to Jerusalem, the, the place of purpose and meaning for their lives. Let them understand That running away will not solve their problems. That it's time to seek you with all their hearts. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Christian Chapel. For more information, visit us online at christianchapel.com.